0: hear that when well, i said before the music got started because that wasn't on purpose <laughs> i got tangled up in my headphone cord um First, uh, I wanted to thank everybody who offered me their condolences on the passing of Cisco on Friday. Um, I made that thread private because every time somebody, um, told me how sorry they were, I started crying. Not your fault. You totally had no control over that. I was just a mess. Um, but, um, thank you so much. And so, um, but I don't want to talk about it cause I'll cry somewhere and I don't want to do it on my podcast. So, um it was it was really um unexpected and uh emotionally devastating um mostly because um can you guys hear me mostly because um I got Cisco um the same month I was told I would never have children so um Losing him when he was just eight years old, just seemed really um, <clears throat> unreasonable, so anyway, it was just a really not fair moment um for me so but uh whew. anyways <clears throat> Jack's in my office um, and um if you hear this kind of weird noise that's him chewing on a um rawhide bone. And normally I would take it away from him. Um, But this is the first time he's kind of played or, you know, been um, anything more than a lump of sadness since Friday. So um, you're just going to have to deal with his little chewing sounds if you can hear them. (laughs) Because he's finally doing something that doesn't involve sleep and moping. So anyways, Um, Friday, before um, I I went to... um, Kroger and um, okay here's the thing when you live in the south and you have a story to tell there are a couple ways that story is going to start it'll either be picture this or there I was (laughs) or and more commonly in my family so this bitch I'm going to wait till Barbara gets finished buffering so she can catch up. At the Piggly Wiggly, you know, that often? That often happens at the Piggly Wiggly. Um and at the Walmart. I was at Walmart. I was at the Walmart. Um and um Are you there, Barbara? Can you hear me now? <laughs> um <clears throat> Anyways, so, I'm going to tell a story, and it goes like this. So, this bitch in Kroger. I am in Kroger, and I'm not minding my own business, because I don't. I mean, I'm i I'm an eavesdropping... I, I do that. It's what I do. I'm a writer, and as a writer, you know that already. As a writer, I do tend to kind of... Um, tune in to people's conversations because I love to hear the way people talk and the way they move their words around and their rhythm. I think it's really um, really good for when you're writing dialogue to kind of have a uh, an auditory reference to how, how people talk so your characters don't all sound the same. And I'm not saying you need to pattern your character after a certain person um, in a... Uh, that you, inter- that you interact with, but you can pick up little verbal quirks from people and put them into your characters in um, in anonymous ways uh, that will add depth to your character when they're talking, and it will create it, it will help create a three dimensional picture of your character. So, so I listen to people talk all the time because I do that, and also because I'm nosy. I'm southern. That's just what I am. I'm nosy. I came out of the womb nosy. I stepped out of the womb and asked everybody's business. That's just how that happened. You can ask my mama. Okay, so this bitch. There was this sweet little old lady checking out her groceries. And I'd seen her earlier in the store. And she had a little calculator. And she was calculating her groceries up, right? So I saw her doing that. And I was looking for a Diet Coke, as I do. Speaking of which, I've got a Diet Coke downstairs. Anyways, I was looking for a Diet Coke, and um, you know, those little refrigerator things at the end of the clerk. It's a it's a checkout, and she was checking out, and uh, the clerk gave her her total, and the little lady said, "Well, that's like forty dollars more than I calculated on my calculator as I was going through the store." So you something's wrong. You you know you've maybe you've doubled up on a couple of items, and the clerk said, "No." And, um, she says, well, I don't understand. Can I see the receipt? And she asks, and then so the girl prints the receipt out, but you can tell she really doesn't want to do it. She's kind of being an asshole already. Right. <clears throat> so at this point I'm perusing the candy bar so I can get closer to this conversation because again, I'm nosy. And, um, the lady said, "Well, none of these prices are right. This, this is not right. This is not ringing up right." And I realized, for those of you who don't know what a Kroger is, it's, Kroger is a um, chain grocery store, and they have a discount card that you can use to get different um, um, to get a better price. I'm not subtle at all, and you're about to see how not subtle I am, right? So I butt into the conversation and I said, "Ma'am, did you use your Kroger card? Were you adding up the white labels?" Or the yellow labels. Someone says in the chat room that Kroger is also part of Albertsons. Um, for those of you who might be more familiar with that um, chain than Kroger itself. Okay. And so the lady said, no, I don't have a Kroger card. And she was adding up the yellow tags. And I said, well, the clerk can help you get a um, a card. And this, cat, and this bitch, she said, no, I can't. She'll have to pay and then go over to customer service and get a card. And the little old lady says, well, I only have $100, and her bill was $150. Um, and the girl said, well, you'll just have to put some stuff back and buy it later. Oh, my God.
1: Look,
0: uh, mm. So I said, you know what, ma'am? You can use my number. And I went over to the little thing, and I plugged in my phone number. And because I'm also a digital couponer, her bill went from 150 to $82. I wish this was the end of it, because the girl said, well, you can't let, she can't use your card. That's only for family, and I'm going to take it off, and she starts to go to her computer. I said, if you take that fucking card off her ticket, I'm coming over the counter. Probably wasn't the best response I could have had. I said, and besides, we are related. I turned to this little lady and I said, what's your name? And she said, Claire. And I I told her my name. I said, this is my Aunt Claire. And she said, she's not your relative. You're white and she's black. I said, are you being discriminatory? Are you a racist? This is my Aunt Claire. She said, no, she's not. I said, prove it. I said, she said, well, this is, I said, i tell you what, you go get the manager after Claire checks out and I'll stay right here. And then me and the manager can have a discussion about your behavior. And she said, no, that won't be necessary. And she checks Claire out. I said, I'm finished bagging up her groceries and call one of those young men over there that isn't doing shit to take Claire's, gro- to take my aunt Claire's groceries out to her car. Thank you. Thank you so much. And then I gave aunt Claire my card i said so next time you come in here you go to customer service and get you get you a card and if they give you any problems and don't let you get a card you call me and i'll come down here and help you get a card and my new aunt claire hugged me and then one of those boys who wasn't doing jack shit took her groceries out to her car And that's how I almost got thrown out of a Kroger. My favorite Kroger, too. I like that Kroger because it's organized just the way I like in the meat department. It wasn't always up to my standards, but I have bitched enough about it that it is currently up to my standards. And it never smells too fishy. And the, the, the produce is always nice. And the floors are clean, and it's my favorite Kroger. And if that girl had gotten me thrown out of my favorite Kroger because she couldn't do her fucking job, I'd have kicked that racist twat's ass, and then I would have definitely needed bail money from you guys. No, sir. Back on your blanket. No, that was not working, is it? I did, you know, so I told my mama about this, and she said, Well, did you get your new Aunt Claire's number? Yes, I did. I did. I got Aunt Claire's number. So we called her and um on Saturday and uh, we're going to have lunch on Tuesday. Me, my mom and um her new sister from another mister. <laughs> it's just craziness. Just just craziness. Tell me I she can't be my aunt. What? Anyways, so that was my Friday and um, so um, that story has spread already throughout my whole family and I'm sure it's like been embellished to the point where I might have actually hit the clerk depending on which cousin is telling the story because that's how it happens in hey that's how it happens um, in my family where do you think you're going oh gosh he's such a pain in the ass right now no no, come back in here. Get on your blanket. Sorry. Sorry. Um,
1: oh. Hello.
2: Hey, Lady Hello, Holder. It's, it's Gilly. So she, uh, she unmuted both of you and I. So I guess she's busy. So... We're taking over.
3: (laughs) Okay. Sorry about any noises. I actually had to send some stuff out to the husband. Um, My husband's diabetic, so every once in a while we get a delivery of his insulin, and since he's in another state, it gets mailed. Tonight was mail night. Anywho. So, um, I wasn't able to get out of the, the FedEx place in time to avoid noise. So... Are we gonna talk about Kira and the fact that, that she's got a hyperactive sense of, of responsibility to the tribe or are we gonna go talk about something
1: else?
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, she's just not gonna put up with that kind of behavior and uh um I don't blame her. I don't either. I think that's awesome. I think I think that hey, uh, I just, I think Aunt Claire got a, a whole team legion team, of nieces and nephews now.
3: I think Aunt yeah, Claire's going to be folded into the, the, um, the check around that, that happens with her relatives. Um, I've done the scan thing too with, with my card, only um, for me it's not Kroger, although it is Kroger brand. It's Fry, not by me. But, um But yeah, we. I'll, I'll, hey, it's a, it's a discount card. Why not? You know, if it works, it works. You know, what makes it even
2: more fun is every once in a while, the prize out by me
3: does the Bible. Yeah. So. Well, uh, so, I mean, she was
2: just being cunty because the whole idea that you, that somebody would, would say to you that you can't let somebody else. I mean, she was, you can't, she, you can't, that car's just for family.
0: Really?
1: <laughs> I mean, what She bullshit? was being yeah, racist.
0: Um, yes, Let's be honest. It was being racist. Lady Holder, are you in your car? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna put I you back on hold home. because you know I hate that.
3: Okay. <laughs> Where I have know. you been? I know. I'm been. Where have you been? Huh?
0: She, she was out taking care of her hubby's medication. Oh. Yeah, the husband. The
3: husband. Um, his, his came in, and so
0: oh, oh okay. In
3: actually getting it out
0: to him. All right, I'll accept that excuse, but I'm still gonna put you on hold.
3: Hey. <laughs> Whatever. I'll I'll be good, except for screaming at the phone when when you say something and I can't respond.
1: <laughs> All
3: right, <I'll-
0: sighs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off like that. I was the button, me and the button don't always get along. um but no, I mean, she was just being a racist i, I mean I, I I firmly believe that she was using what little limited power she had to give that little old lady a hard time, and I can't tolerate shit like that,
2: no, nor should you,
0: nor should anybody
2: we have that you you brought that up one um one night in in a completely different context about how you know you can't just sit by and watch bullying happen whether in fandom or someone somewhere in life, and you have to step up and do something about it
0: well, if you don't call somebody out on their bad behavior um they ass- i mean a lot of times they assume that you're perfectly okay with their bad behavior it it goes back to that thing about um um, people ignoring or not calling out somebody who who tells a rape joke—it's like you're condoning it, mm-hmm. that you're okay with it. Um, and I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with um, with racism or bullying, or I'm just—I'm really not okay with it. And I'm at that point in my life where. I'm going to tell you I'm not okay with it. I'm going to let you know that I don't like what you're doing.
2: We had, um, this morning we went to, um, we stopped for breakfast um, after we, we go out obscenely early on Sunday mornings. We stopped for breakfast. And about halfway through our breakfast, um, this I would assume homeless man comes in because most people don't bring giant trash bags of belongings into the restaurant. But he was in, like, you know, wearing an odd mishmash of stuff, like surgical scrubs and then a hospital gown over it and a blanket wrapped around his shoulders. And um, they tried to put him back in this corner, but he was really insistent that he wanted to sit where there was light and he wanted to sit by the window. So they moved him over to the window. And just that section cleared out, like, like someone had dropped a bomb over there. It was terrible. People were just up and gone. They were getting their checks, and they were leaving just right, left, and center. And um, I just, I sat there just feeling really horrible about the whole situation because he wasn't doing anything weird. He was just moving his stuff around and went to the bathroom, and, you know, he, he was wearing something odd, but so what? So, you know, we moved him. Um, Um, we went, I said, we said, you know, we're willing to move to that section We'll just move us over there. We'll free this table up for some other people. And we bought him breakfast because that's just,
0: that's just not acceptable behavior. No, no, it's not. It's, It's just, you know, it's like people, um, there was a, A political quote once, and I, you know, me and politics don't get along well in my podcast. But it was a quote about um, that if you give the lowest white man somebody else to discriminate against, that they will vote Republican. It's, um, and it boils down to um, the is I, I think that for it's part of our nature to look at somebody else and say, oh, well, I have it better than they do, so I'm okay. And I'm normal. And they're, you know, they're abnormal. Their situation is abnormal. The thing is, is I really don't know, but maybe like one person who isn't, Two, two or three paychecks away from being homeless. I mean, seriously. I mean, even if you end up staying in your house for six months because your bank doesn't immediately foreclose on you, um, we all, because of the economy, live in a precarious situation. For so for you to look at somebody um, who is homeless and make assumptions that you are better than them, um, it's it's really ugly. I mean, it's it's really really ugly. Oh, little one, come on now. Okay, but come back, because I can't, I can't leave the computer. I don't know what you're up to. He's so crazy. He's been chewing on stuff he don't need to be chewing on. But, you know, I guess that's grief. Uh, dog, dogs don't handle that kind of thing particularly. I, I, don't, I don't know how they handle it. This is the first time I've ever encountered it, and he's, you know, he's weird. He's a little weird. But, th- but they grew up together. They bit, um, They were puppies together, so... He doesn't know quite what to do with himself. Yeah,
2: it's going to be an adjustment. As long as he doesn't chew on,
0: like, power cords. No, no, no. He only did that once. (laughs) Lesson learned. Yeah. He, He, um... He, 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 um... I had a fan when he was, um... I had a fan on the floor when he was three or four months old. And he grabbed that fan cable and he bit down when I wasn't paying attention. And there was a Yelp... And then he hasn't been near a cord since. He don't even know headphone cones. I mean, he will lay on a cord, but he won't put one in his mouth. I've learned that lesson real quick, too. (laughs) It was a harsh lesson, but not something I did on purpose. I just wasn't paying attention. And I would always had cats, and cats don't do shit like that. Um, You worry about cats scratching your shit up, not chewing something. So I just wasn't prepared to deal with the puppy. Um, And he only did it once.
2: Sort of like my brother sticking a nice and electrical outlet. You only need one object lesson or something like that's
0: that. That's a that's a lesson you learn not <laughs> you only need it once. <laughs> <laughs> they'll learn. That was my grandma's philosophy growing up. Don't no they'll learn. Don't jump off oh no no, they'll learn
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: I don't remember which comedian this is. It talks about um uh the way Kids, you know, the parents are so careful with their kids now. And you're like well, back when we were kids, you know, you had the the giant console TV on top of a TV tray. That's that's, and,
0: that's Jeff Foxworthy.
2: Yeah, he says this is the parents talking about. So he'll pull, pull that down on his head one time. He'll learn. Yes, you will.
1: <laughs>
2: Just once.
1: We were uh, talking. Know, I was talking
2: to my was talking to my mom once about. Um, um, my my sister when she was little, you know, car seats weren't a thing back then. Um, no, like, no. They they actually would put her up in the rear window <laughs> when she was a baby, <laughs> which is just so horrifying to think about now. But she said, you know, we ran out of space, we just put them. <laughs> I said, well, I guess it's better than the trunk.
0: My sister. I mean, this is how old um we are. My sister used to ride standing up beside my mother, who was driving, and she would tuck behind her shoulder because it was a bench seat, and that's where she sat and this is or stood in the car um no seatbelts. uh this is also um that particular habit of my sister's is also um the uh the reason her first sentence was what it was. Because this um man pulls out in front of my mother. My mother slams on her brakes and she tries to grab April but it's not successful. Um I totally did that. And um <clears throat> she uh <laughs> she falls out into the floor, right? Hops back up, she's a year and a half old and says, You cocksucker Just the sentence
2: you don't want the baby to
1: learn.
0: <laughs> As if there was any question if she was my sister, right there, right there. That would sum it up. Cocksucker, you cocksucker. That was my sister's first curse word and her first sentence.
2: My my little sister, um not the littlest little sister, but the one who's I have I've there's three sets of us there's a set of us in our forties, the set in their twenties early twenties and then the set that are preteens. So I have I have a brother and sister at each level. <laughs> um but the the one who's closest to my age. She sat she was in a much similar position with my mother in the car when she was, you know, up until about three years old or so. but she's the one of us who didn't want to stop breastfeeding.
1: My mother started oh, buckling,
2: when she started buckling her in, when any time they stop at a light, my sister would start trying to rip my mother's shirt open. <laughs> my mom's like, you just flash your boobs at the people in the car around you and you just figure it's time to put put the kid on the seatbelt.
0: Just for decency's sake. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just, you know... Yeah, we didn't have seatbelts or um, plug covers or uh, little things to make corners soft.
1: You yeah, beamed your head on the table. You beamed
0: your head on the table, man. You, you know, um, um, coffee tables had hard edges, and they were made of glass that was breakable. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It was a different time, yeah,
0: you know, honestly, I think it's more like survival of the fittest
2: it it is there is there's a little bit of natural selection
0: going on. I'm just saying that we're all here, so we're awesome.
2: <laughs> if you're born in the seventies and eighties and you survived your childhood, you got the stuff that's right. Or before, of course, before the 70s is I don't think parents started getting super protective of their kids until the 90s.
0: Um, I remember in the 80s, there was that whole stranger danger thing, which proved to be a bunch of bullshit, because you really didn't need to worry about strangers so much as you did people that you were actually related to. Yeah. <laughs> and priests. <laughs> Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, yeah, um, uh, Melody says the best part is no photo proof. I am really glad to have grown up in a time when um, uh, Facebook and Twitter didn't exist and there was no Instagram because my mama would have put my picture everywhere. She'd have had an Instagram full because her favorite thing on earth was taking pictures when I was little. Um, It would be terrible.
2: I was a perpetual nudist as a baby. And um, they could not keep me in my clothes. And we lived in this commune up in the mountains, and they had their own little garden and stuff. And odds were, if they couldn't find me, I was in the garden, naked. Naked. (laughs) Eating Eating the peas out of the pods, but leaving the pods attached. Because, I don't know, in my little kid brain, that was the polite thing
0: to do. Maybe you thought the pods would refill. (laughs) <laughs> I
2: guess. I don't know what my little rationale was, but so there's an obscene number of pictures of my bare butt. So I cannot imagine if the people had had camcorders and the ability to post stuff on the internet. I would just be horrified. I'd have grown up and people have been like, oh, you're the baby in the garden,
0: the naked one. <laughs> I'd be like, please, I can't deal. <laughs> can't, deal I can't deal with it. Deal. My youngest sister, um, She had a problem with water, not so much a problem as a fascination. Um, um, My middle sister uh, liked to be out in the sun and, you know, she liked to play and she had a foul mouth, obviously, since motherfucker was her first cuss word. Um, When you come out of the gate with motherfucker, (laughs) 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 I mean, at that point, really? I think it's a lost cause, but our baby sister, um, she had a problem with water in that she really, really loved it. So if you were driving her anywhere from the time she was a year old to say around five and she saw a body of water, a Creek, a lake, a river, if you go over the bridge, she sees water. This child is coming out of her clothes and God help you. If the window was open because she would toss all that shit out the window, so you couldn't put it back on her, and there we would be there were um there were four of us at that point, and um my uh half brother he would be like hiding his face, <laughs> <laughs> and she'd be naked. <laughs> We were all four in the back seat, no seat belts, no car seats. (laughs) Why is there a naked baby back there? She saw some water. She saw a creek. It didn't even have to be, oh, the best part is like we lived off a highway, right? And there was a, um, there was a house just down from ours that had a pool, uh, an in-ground pool. And every time she saw it, off came her clothes, right? It was such a relief when when they built the privacy fence <laughs> we were always be trying to catch her clothes where she could get them out the window, <sighs> diaper. It all would go all out the window. But um, now, me, my my naked issue came from sleeping. Um, Mom would put me to bed in clothes. When she would come get me the next day, all my clothes would be in the floor (laughs) because I couldn't stand to wear clothes. It didn't make any sense to me. I would take them off the moment she closed the door, (laughs) toss them in the floor. I still do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's my preference to sleep naked. I don't know why anybody wants to wear clothes. They get all twisted up on you, and they get up under your arm, and they get in the leg. And God, you have to wear pajama pants, and the knee comes up all the way, and the legs all the way up to your fucking knee. That Doesn't make any sense. I guess if I had forty pajamas, no, that's, <laughs> r- that's ridiculous.
2: No, I, can't, I, I can't stand to have things on my feet at night. The people who sleep in socks, I don't get it. I don't get it. No. So no footy pajamas.
0: I just you know, it's really annoying.
2: I think about the wild chances we take when we were kids. And um my grandmother, she had this um big limousine edition Cadillac. This thing was enormous. Now my brother and I were both really high on the, you know, percentile for growth. We both were like off the charts. Like you know, 120, 130 percent. Whereas my sister was really tiny for her age, which was just kind of weird. So even though you know, my brother and sister are like two years apart, it would be, they probably look like they were four or five years apart because the, the, the size disparity was so huge. So my grandma, she would armor all the hell out of those leather seats. But you're supposed to put armor on leather, but she'd armor all the hell out of those leather seats, and they would be slippery as glass
1: and for us
2: it was the best thing in the world to be in the back seat of that Cadillac Um, and she would go careening around corners and we'd be flying back and forth from one side of the car to the other (laughs) thinking this is the most hysterical thing ever well so one day we have the windows down when we're doing this because it's summer, Texas, it's hot as hell and there's no air conditioning in this thing well my sister, we almost lost her out the window because that's how small she is
1: Grandma took a turn (laughs) really
2: fast, and there she goes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Whoops.
0: I was like, (laughs) catch (laughs) her. It's it's terrible, but funny at the same time, which makes it even more terrible. I'm just saying. Well, we look back at
2: that kind of stuff. I think my brother and I thought my sister was a toy more than a little sister, you know. Yeah. It was unfortunate for her um, growing up because, you know, we had this. We, we had one of the games we played was to see which of us could throw her further.
1: <gasps>
2: I know it's terrible, <laughs> but you know, and I, I don't know. I was like, where did she put up with that? You know, because she had a horrible temper. Why did she put? I think, yeah. You know, my only my supposition as an adult was that she was getting attention from her older siblings, and so she was like, you know what? Oh, okay, you can throw me. That's fine.
0: <laughs> Were you at least on her on soft surfaces?
2: The yard. Oh gosh. But we were we were we were daredevils when we were kids. We had this these steep stairs down to this full basement, and the stairs ended at a, at a cinder block wall. And there's a little a little landing there, and a, a step you know a few steps down to the left and a few steps down to the right. And we would get this giant piece of cardboard and basically sled down those stairs, and the goal was to you know, try to turn to go down one side or the other and not crash into the center block wall. We had a lot of head (laughs) (laughs) injuries.
0: This moment in your kid head where you're like, fuck it, let's just see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, well,
2: you know, I have to admit probably the worst thing we ever did (laughs) to my poor sister. Like
0: that time that me and my cousin Stan um, made a parachute. Fortunately, we got caught before we were able to deploy it, but in our defense, we had done small-scale experiments with a G.I. Joe, <laughs> and it worked. It did. Our design was awesome. If you were a G.I. Joe being sewn <laughs> out of a second-story window... There was like like eight little G.I. Joe's in a pile, and my uncle comes around the corner, and he looks at these little G.I. Joe's, all with their little parachutes. He looks up, and he said, you bastard kids, don't you move! (laughs) (laughs) He knew what we were doing! He knew what we were doing! Don't even think um,
1: about
0: it. Yeah, for science! Yeah, he he totally knew what was happening, and he wasn't going to have any of that shit. Um... Until I was about twelve, no one
2: tried to rein in our excesses at all. We had, when we were one of the places we lived in the south, this is before before Texas was. Uh, we had um, cottonmouths in the and mm. the lake across the street, and people tell us there's poisonous snakes over there. We go out swimming anyway. Of course you no did. One tried to, nobody tried to stop us, but the problem—the only time we really, really got you know like in trouble, trouble—was because we had these really bad these big kudzu patches
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um there's we're new in this neighborhood and we're like this is just this this area that just like seems kudzu has gone on forever and if you aren't if you don't live in the south and you aren't familiar with kudzu just uh, there's just no exp, ex, there's no explaining the sort of the way this plant takes over so we're sitting down there i'm probably maybe nine or ten years old and i'm the oldest and my brother and I are speculating on how deep this Kudzu patch is. And you can see where this is going because we're like, well, let's find out. We <laughs> my sister, he
0: threw her in. <laughs> let's see how this goes.
2: Well, the thing is she disappeared.
0: <laughs> oh, no.
2: It was like 12, 13 feet deep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she was all tangled well. up in it. We had to get help to get her out. Yeah, they my, threw my her their habits.
1: sister
0: in a devil snare. <laughs> 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 and they had to
2: come in. They had to come get her out and, and my, my my parents were not pleased.
0: <laughs> I I can imagine not. The worst thing I ever did to my sister, um, is um we grew up um we during the summers we would spend a lot of time with my grandmother there would be five or six cousins there as well so sometimes there were as many as 10 kids in this house but that was okay cuz my grandmother had raised a lot of kids so she had a lot of room and it was she you know raised her family in that house and so and she liked having us um i guess she 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 tolerated us anyway um and we <clears throat> we <laughs> we convinced the baby sister who was um six years younger than me and I was ten, so she was four, um we convinced her to um that there was a litter of kittens in the chicken house. Now there was a litter in the chicken house. But it was not a cat. Oh no. Oh yes. Oh yes. So she wanted one of these kittens real bad. And we did we we didn't know she would actually go get one, okay? She was 4, right? So when we're not looking, she goes off into that little area. That there's a little hole in the wall and she's able to crawl through it cuz she's 4. So she crawls in there and she gets one of the babies. And she brings it out, and she's so excited. It's a pretty little thing, actually. Um, and she brings I bet it all the way to <laughs> she, she brings it all the way to my grandma. My grandma takes one look at it and starts shouting names. None of them hers, because <laughs> she knows <laughs> that we're responsible, right? She rattles off first, middle, and last name for ten kids, and we all come running. Um, and there she's standing. With a baby skunk. I knew it was a (laughs) skunk. They're very cute. And my cousin Stan, being the spokesperson for our group, says, it was not our idea. At least baby skunks can't spray. And she's the only one that can fit through the hole to put it back. (laughs) (sighs) And... She said, well, I'm not putting it back. I'm keeping it. And we're, no.
1: <laughs>
0: she kept it. I'm not kidding. She kept it. Her daddy took it to the vet. And, um, cause he was, um, she was a half baby. She was a half sister. It is a half sister. She's still here. Not not I was. She's, she's a half sister. <laughs> and her daddy who had divorced, um, uh, the divorce happened. And, um. Uh, he was one of those dads who was absent but liked to buy his kids' affection. Um, so, I wouldn't have minded one of those. I know, right? I wish it might have been that way. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if my affection been buying. He could have bought my education, I'd have been really affectionate of him. Anyway, been awesome. he takes this baby skunk to the um, vet and gets his scent glands removed. And she kept it for 15 years. Holy crap! Something like that. She kept it until it died of old age. I don't know how old it was. I mean, how 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 long does a skunk live? I mean, it seemed like forever, but I was ten, so.
2: They may live up to ten years in captivity. Two to three years in the wild.
0: I think. I mean, I think it was easily ten years. Okay. Okay. there's some reports of twenty years. In. Rescue facilities, but now I th- I'm thinking it was 14, 15 years old when it finally died, and she was devastated. Of course, being the big fan of Bambi that she was, you can you already know what she called this little skunk, right? Flower, flower. her name was flower um and we had to they had to call animal control to get the mom skunk and the other baby skunks because the mom kept trying to take um flower back and my sister wasn't having it she was keeping that damn thing and and she did keep it um it, it ended up living at her dad's house um most of the time, because my mom really did not appreciate flour, <laughs> even though it, it didn't have scent glands, and it was actually she was actually very well behaved. Um, just mom didn't like her <laughs> skunks. You know, skunks. Has,
2: you know, there's own, there's like a, the you know the amygdala just responds uh. to the fight fight <laughs> or flight. When you see this guy, kind of, I, mean, I was taking the trash, I had those in this enormous sprawling apartment complex at one point, and it had all these woods and ponds and creeks and crap. It was just, all that stuff was just completely wasted on me. I'm sure there's some people who love that shit, but anyway, so it was like a long-ass trip to the dumpster. It's like a ten-minute walk, five minutes each way. And I'm out there late one night, it's like, I don't know, ten through eleven o'clock at night, and I'm taking the trash out, going for the walk. We used to fight over who would. Take the trash out because it's such a fucking long walk. I'm coming back and there's a skunk, and I'm standing there frozen. <laughs> My brain going, run, 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 and run. There, and I'm sitting there going, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of would rather it was a bear. <laughs> oh, it was just terrible. I was so terrified <laughs> of this little teeny tiny creature.
0: Well, I was I've not personally been sprayed, but Stan. And my sister got sprayed over flour because, um, while her daddy got the little girl, the little female skunk's scent glands removed, he didn't get her fixed. <laughs> and my sister came upon flour being deflowered <laughs> and pitched a fit. So she weighs in to get her flour. Um, My cousin Sam has to rescue her and Flower, um, and they they both got sprayed. Oh, God. (laughs) And um, they um, got—they had to take a bath in tomato juice. We had to. It must have been like I don't know—it was four or five gallons of tomato juice. It was terrible.
2: Uh, There's not enough. I mean, this is one of those—one of those. We live in an area where sometimes when I get south of me, if somebody hit a skunk on the road, the smell just lingers for days. Days, the smell. And it's like one of the only things I'm grateful for that I have lost my sense of smell is when everybody in the car goes, oh, oh, my God, the smell.
0: The worst part of it God is, like, you taste it.
2: Uh-huh. Oh Not me. God. Not anymore.
0: Nothing. You suck. <laughs> But that sucks because um, do you even bother with eating? I mean, do you like you force yourself to eat?
2: No, I actually. What's happened? I mean, it kind of. I mean, you taste the tastes, right? You don't get flavor though. So like, I can't like. I can feel like the heat from garlic a little bit, but I can't actually tell you that it's garlic. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: but so I can and I can feel the heat of spice and stuff. But so what happens is I chase these macro tastes like salt and sweet which has actually done shitty things for my diet because I'm sure like, oh. cuz sure. you know umami of, of I mean umami's okay but it's kind of meh um salt and sweet are good um I don't like bitter at all and sour is usually going to be accompanied with sugar with sweet so I kind of eat by texture and by salt sweet a little bit of sour and
1: mm-hmm.
2: um You know, so I'm getting, like, way too much sodium in my diet, so I'm trying to, like, figure out how to eat around the fact that I don't really taste things right. Now I want Chinese. (laughs) I eat a lot more spicy food than I ever used to, um, because I taste chili. There's something about chili that is there when a lot of things aren't anymore, so it's Mm -hmm. kind of weird. It's just a weird little adjustment.
0: So it's not all gone, it's just... Well, taste isn't gone, because taste is
2: separate from smell, but flavor is actually governed by your nose, and so I don't get flavor, mm-hmm. but I get the taste, because what the, what the taste buds actually do. So when you taste something, it's a combination of what your nose is processing, the, the actual flavor of food. So, like, if you put a berry in your mouth, you might say, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's tart and sweet. That's a berry, but you're not going to be able to distinguish if it's a raspberry or strawberry, or, you know, except by texture. So it's just kind of
1: hmm.
0: weird. The only problem is so it's kinda is like you it's kinda like eating with a cold. A really, really bad cold where your nose is completely stuffed up and you can't smell.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Except you hate more that. muted than
0: that. That, I'm so, that, that some, sucks major, dude.
2: Somebody asked this was recent, um it was uh October two thousand fourteen. It was a consequence of the head injury that I had back then. So um, but the problem is actually phantom smells Phantom smells are the most horrible thing ever They last for days And they're always something gross Actually right about this mm. never, In the whole history of phantom smells Has there ever been a pleasant one And you're, oh. you you taste that phantom smell That's For so as terrible. long as you're smelling
0: oh. it Oh god Oh,
1: because, I can
2: just
0: imagine
2: Oh, And I usually I usually get burning Or chemical smell and so I have, like, no choice but to, you know, when I was living alone, I had to go and get my neighbors and, like, can you tell me if there's anything on fire because I'm smelling smoke. And, of course, I'm not smelling smoke. It's just a phantom smell, and it would persist for a couple of days, and everything I ate would taste like, you know, ash.
1: Uh, gross.
0: <clears throat> I suck, dude. The so protect I love your head, this. kids. I love food. Protect your head. Unfortunately for my ass, I love food. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Oh, I logged into my family Facebook, um, and I cussed some people out, but, cause that makes me feel better. But also, no, 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 absolutely not. Sorry. Um, little man was trying to get my cheesecake <laughs> oh you don't need cheesecake it's bad for you, it's bad for me too but I'm eating it
2: don't interfere with your patriotic duty dude
0: <laughs> yeah it's my patriotic duty to eat cheesecake it's very patriotic, it's even strawberry Anyway, anyways um, I, do uh, it for America I always do it for America now I've got that song from Grease 2 in my head. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um,
2: <clears throat> when you say thank you, thank you so much, you know I want to call you Brenda Lee.
0: I know, right? I do it on purpose. <laughs> because it's, it's my mom's favorite part of the closer. So I do it for thank her. You. and It makes thank her laugh. So every, thank you. Thank you so much. It makes her laugh her ass off. So I do it a lot for my mom. What am I talking about? You were talking about cheesecake.
2: Before that. Before cheesecake.
0: Oh, family Rima. Facebook. Oh, family Facebook. Okay, so also after I got finished cussing people out, and those of you who know me um, know that I'm actually an atheist, um, and um, <laughs> I went around, and to all my um, Republican uncles and aunts who were posting shit about Trump, and how great he is I put that's not what Jesus would do That's not very Christian of you On all their posts <laughs> And it's great because they know I'm an atheist So they know I'm being an asshole um, But, they, but can't they can't do anything about it, it because, because they can't refute it Right Oh build a wall that's not what Jesus would do <laughs> That's not very Christ like of you It's well, the little thing that get me through them. my day
2: That's practically the definition of hoist by your own petard.
0: I know, right? Build a wall, throw out all the immigrants. That's not what Jesus would do. I'm going to have to ask you to talk for a second, because I think Jack needs to go out. Okay. Okay. Keep talking. So, I um,
2: almost died in a horrible, fiery crash today. So, someone running a red light almost clipped, well, they would have clipped the front end of the car next to me if he hadn't spun in my direction. And, I mean, it was like every, I swear every car that didn't crash missed each other by a few inches. You know, because we got out of the car, we're comparing, um, we're looking to see, because we weren't certain it would all happen so fast. We weren't certain if, if, um, if we were actually touching or not. We weren't. But we're all in the intersection. We're in the intersection when this person came through. And it was just one of those moments. It was like, I was on my way to the movies. Um, and uh, we're just kind of sitting there going, gee, um, I'm I'm kind of glad I'm not dead. Um, I guess I'll go see Pete's Dragon now. <laughs> so I went and saw Pete's Dragon today, which is, I haven't been on theater, theaters for a while. Um, and it was... Um, it was good. It was. It's definitely very much a feel-good kind of kid movie, which the person who wanted to go see it um, had thought it would be more action-packed. Um, I don't know how they could have gotten that impression, but it was enjoyable. Um, so if you are thinking about if you want to see that movie, go for it. But if you can only see one movie this summer, go see Suicide Squad. That's my <laughs> official movie recommendation. I've seen it twice now. Really? Mm-hmm. What was the other movie that you were talking about? I missed that part. Pete's Dragon. That's the uh. one I went to see today. Um, I was on my way to see it when someone tried to kill us all by running a red light. We were all in the intersection when they came through. I mean it wasn't like a little bit of running the red light. We were all in the intersection when they came through and they would have hit the person next to me if he hadn't spun into me. And it was kinda like, Oh
0: well, okay, I'm alive. I'm off to the movies. <laughs> i have tickets did you buy in advance because when i buy in advance i'm going to go to that fucking movie (laughs) well i stopped going to movies for a long time because i've got
2: got some degenerative problem with my back Mm -hmm. and so movie theater seats are horribly horribly uncomfortable so one of my friends says well you should go to this theater you know up like 20 minutes north of you they have recliners
0: i know we have one of recliners too it's awesome
2: Oh, it's great, and these things i mean but it's assigned seating right i mean mm-hmm. you, you don't just get and you just don't you can't pick any seat right it's like you know going to concert you you get, if you don't if you don't pick your seat in advance, you're sitting in the front row in the middle and you're fucked, so yeah, we always pick those tickets in advance so we can make sure we get the seats to be like and I'm just like sprawled out laying down in those that recliner with my feet up going, this is the way to see a movie. So I've seen a bunch of movies this summer since we found that theater because it's not torture. (laughs) People say, you want to go to a movie? We're going to go to this little indie theater, you know, South San Francisco. I'm like, fuck that noise. Those places have the awful seats. I mean, I like independent films,
0: but the theaters are shit, so I'm (laughs) going... The theaters are shit. The, the seats are small. They're really close together. And if you don't know the people on either side of you, when you sit down, you will know them intimately, intimately before you leave.
2: You will, because it's like, your elbow has been doing strange things to my boob for the last hours. deeply hour. unfortunate.
0: Deeply unfortunate. Now, the one I go to is, that has the um, um, assigned seating with the with the Recliners is a Cinemark. Yeah, me too. Good stuff. Not only that, but it's stadium seating, um, and um, the recliner part—if you're like—it's like like two-person seats. Really, you can pull Uh the seat, the thing up in the middle, and um, have a little couch. Mm Mhm. A little cuddle. But I'm too old for that kind of shit, so. Um, and then ours has a Starbucks in it, and... Um, I'm jealous. We don't have a Starbucks in ours. Now I'm mad.
2: It has a Starbucks, and there's some other... They have, like, a little cafe um, with um, deep-dish pizza. Uh, and um, I just usually go to the regular concession stand, but, you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll you know, get my Starbucks fixed. If we go early in the day, I'll go... Like, I, need my, I need my mocha, or I need my frappuccino, whichever. Because when was the last time I was able to have a frappuccino in a movie? I know, right? It's just weird because you know that's one of those things they spot when you're coming in. If yeah. you got something from Starbucks, they're like, nuh uh."
0: <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. "Uh huh." You don't want me in your theater uncaffeinated. I told especially not this time, early in the day. One time, I had a brand new one, and I, I wasn't thinking when I bought it. I, I, I got a big one instead of a small one, and I um um we were at um, the shopping. Pl- center outdoor center and then they have a um a theater in it it's a really nice theater um not recliners yet but we're gonna get recliners in that one too pretty soon I, I heard um and i walk in with it and uh the girl said you can't keep that i said what if i buy a large drink and a large popcorn <laughs> she said you're gonna keep the coffee you're gonna buy a large drink and the popcorn. I was like, "Yes." She says, "That's the deal." <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: like, this is how bad
0: I want my caffeine. <laughs> so, so she said, "Did you want?" Um, she asked me if I wanted like a wine. Which I said, "No, girl. Give me some diet coke." <laughs> and It better not be <laughs> caffeine free either. She said, "I would never." <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, that dedicated to their coffee is not getting caffeine-free diet coke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I paid fifteen dollars. For shit, I did not want to keep my five dollar um, coffee. <laughs> that isn't to say that I didn't drink the coke and eat the popcorn. I'm just saying it wasn't my intention to get either one when I walked into that place with my coffee. Just that determined to keep your coffee. I was that determined to keep my coffee. She was really funny.
3: Yeah,
0: my she didn't. Sister, she um... didn't expect a negotiation. And it was a good negotiation on her side because, you know,
2: you're proving that you're not de- depriving them of any business by bringing in your own beverage. So, oh. But my sis, I, I drink coffee. My sister drinks these energy drinks, specifically rock stars, which have a fuck ton of caffeine in it. But I didn't know that, right? I had no idea that these things have a – so I run out of coffee one day. And she says, well, have one of the rock stars. I'm like, you don't want to deal with me in the morning without caffeine. I'm like, oh, my God, how could I not have noticed we're out of coffee? And she's like, just have one of the rock stars. It'll be fun. So I had two. (laughs) I think it's pretty good. It's kind of like a soda. This one was watermelon. I'm like, this is pretty good. So I had one, and I had another one. And they're 240 milligrams a can. So 480 milligrams of caffeine later (laughs) in a fairly short amount of time. And coffee has 80 to 100 milligrams I was just, like, bounced off the fucking wall. <laughs> and she's like, what's the matter with you? I said, I don't know, but I feel like I need to get out. So I didn't realize it was the 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 rock stars. So I went and got a frappuccino.
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which is another 180 milligrams of caffeine. So <laughs> yeah, it was a bad day. I'm like, why am I having heart palpitations? I don't understand what's going on. Maybe I need another
0: Frappuccino. <laughs> that always makes me feel better.
1: I, I'm really
0: disappointed in how much I hate Mountain Dew, because I know it has more caffeine in it than, than regular Coke. Um, I just I absolutely hate Mountain Dew. Mount, I,
2: Mountain Dew is terrible. Um, no. Although, where I grew up, um, Mellow Yellow was more popular. Um, I didn't like that either. No, it was just, I just couldn't quite get in the taste of that. Although, my sister has a thing for Mountain Dew Code Red, which I just think is the most bizarre-tasting beverage ever. Even with no sense of taste, I think that that beverage tastes weird.
0: I'm not on board with it. No. Yeah, Mountain Dew with tequila would be full redneck. Oh, uh, Azure, that's (laughs) just... Hold on, full redneck. That really is. You don't go full redneck. What's wrong with you?
2: (laughs) (sighs) Tequila and the Mountain Dew. The The only thing that would be more redneck than that would be moonshine. And if Azure ever told me she had a, a still in her backyard, I'd probably believe her. <laughs> Everybody's talking about what, what what brand of booze they put in their Mountain Dew.
0: And the answer is no booze, people. No booze. No booze. No, no. No, no booze in no um, Mountain Dew. If you're going to have booze, don't disrespect it with Mountain Dew. If you got Coke, you put bourbon or a whiskey in it.
2: Rum. There are better rum. uses for rum, but you can put rum and Coke, and we wouldn't hurt
0: you. Doctor Pepper and oh rum. Oh God! Oh God! What is rum, wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Vodka goes in orange juice. If you're or cranberry juice, and if you're putting it in anything else, you are degrading vodka. Shame on you.
2: I have to say, my favorite. For vodka is pomegranate juice pomegranate juice really pomegranate juice, oh it's so good,
0: I do think oh. it needs a juice like that i i it ne- it really needs some kind of fruit juice with it. Now, I don't like cranberry myself, but my sister does um the middle sister um but I like uh orange juice and I had it once with something else. Oh, once I put it in a V eight splash. You know one of those one of those drinks that's like four or five different fruits. I just tried to frown at you. I mean that's just <laughs> that's
1: It came out terrible. like
0: candy. There's so many fruit juices in those V eight splashes. It was like uh it was like pineapple, um, strawberry orange something. Um, I can't in kiwi, I can't have it now because i'm now i'm I'm allergic to kiwi um but it drowned out the vodka taste even though it was like two parts vodka and one part v eight splash, and I got so drunk.
2: Would you like a little v eight splash with your vodka? Pineapple juice might wouldn't be bad, especially if it was fresh pineapple juice.
0: it, it had a citrusy overall tone, which is why I tried it it. It wasn't bad at all. I used to have a friend in college who would make Jello shooters with vodka. And one who made them with tequila once. We had tequila shooters once. Um, and never well, again.
2: There was one of those how-to videos on Facebook sometime back about somebody making... They hollowed out a watermelon and made vodka um, jello. In it, and then sliced it up, looking like vodka. I mean, looking like watermelon slices. And it was, it was, uh, you you know, instead of watermelon, of course, it was jello shots, which was actually kind of clever. I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole, but oh, that's a lot of work. I, you know, sometimes I see some, it's sort of like cake decorating. I see these things, I go, wow, that's fascinating. Not a chance in hell. Right. <laughs> you're, you're lucky. You're lucky if the frosting is on there neat when I'm done. Much less in a in a in a piped basket. <sighs> Vanessa in that basket. I watched that whole flower basket thing, that flower basket cake video, I was watching her yeah. watching her pipe that basket, and I just was sitting there with my mouth hanging open, going, "Huh." And then she may it. to pause it here takes because ten my... minutes
0: to do a fucking crumb coat. There's no way in hell.
2: <laughs> no. And then she goes, I had to pause here because my hand was sore. I'm like, no
0: kidding. I fucking bet. Although the other day I was watching somebody else's cake channel. I know I felt like I felt terrible. Um especially since it wasn't Yolanda. Um and two it wasn't cake channels. Vanessa. Vanessa yeah, and Yolanda. Have, we have two. And Everyone I And else is unreliable someone else's and she didn't do a crumb coat and I was like oh my god you got a crumb coat and chill. what's wrong with you
2: I left a funky comment on a cake decorating video <laughs> and I had a <laughs> of the comment I left was why is your why is your buttercream so loose huh. and <laughs> I meant it like seriously why is it that kind of floppy texture It wasn't holding any shape and after I posted the comment I went, I'm not supposed to do that. And I went, wait a minute, this isn't sick. This isn't fandom. I can say whatever the fuck I want about oh, her sloppy and buttercream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little loose. No, but, you know, she didn't crumb coat and chill. I was like, I'm done. I could I had to close the video because I can't watch that shit. It might rub off on me. It, it, it might maybe, um, give me a bad habit.
1: The it's only like, time you
0: like, don't crumb coat and chill is when you're going to do a rough cake and you're just going to ice the middle and the top. But if you're going to do the whole thing, you need to come coat and chill. Come on now.
2: That's right.
0: It's sort of like reading fan fiction,
2: like a whole bunch of fan fiction by somebody who has major homonym confusion. <laughs> and when you're done, you're like, I don't know if I remember which words are right anymore. <laughs> right?
0: I think, I think that shit just rubbed off. Wait,
2: earlier this was
0: quick. Which there is it? <laughs> Earlier today, I made a new banner for our um, little black dress collection over at AO3. And um, I did, um, I put little kind of like stamps for the fandoms on little grayed out letters. So it's like Hawaii 50 and Stargate and Star Wars, you know, just to kind of demonstrate what's in the collection. And when I did Hawaii Five-0, I thought, is that how you spell Hawaii? I had to go look it up. And then I'm staring at Wikipedia going, Wikipedia, are you sure that's how you spell Hawaii? (laughs) Because it just did not look right. So I went over to Netflix, and it was right. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't trust any of it. I was like, I just, I don't even, that doesn't look right. That doesn't, it doesn't look at all right. Right. Well, apparently, in my brain, there wasn't a second A. Uh, my brain wanted to spell it H-A-W-I-I. I don't know why.
1: <sighs>
2: nice banner. I just went and pulled it up. Oh, of course, thanks. The minute I go to look at it, AO3 logs me out. It says, forced log out for your protection. I'm like, what are you protecting <laughs> me from? Well, I feel safer already.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Hawaii. I spelled it the way they do on I I did not put the apostrophe thing in there. I'm sorry. Was that I'm not sure. I didn't do it. I'm I'm a terrible person. I don't think they do it on Netflix either, which is where I eventually trusted the the, the wording. Yeah, I did it off the banner, and they don't put the, um, the accent mark on it, so I didn't either.
2: So I was reading something. I may have mentioned this to you before. This was a few weeks ago. But I can be really literal when I'm reading something. And just... Don't pause to kind of try to figure out what was actually meant.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And most of the time when I'm being really literal, it's a quick double take, and then I go back and figure out that the per- the author used the wrong word. But I'm reading the story, and the author kept saying, the story kept saying, the main character kept saying, go check the borders, B-O-A-R-D-E-R-S. I was like, well, I mean, they're living out in the woods, right? I'm like, well, maybe it's like a bed and breakfast, right? So... I keep waiting for these characters, because they keep talking about checking the borders. And I keep waiting for these characters to have some significance, like these borders to show up. Like, what are they doing there? Why do they take in borders? What's their role in the story? And I get, like, two-thirds of the way through, like, a 50,000-word fic before someone responds. that there's a follow-up to, would you go check the borders? And then someone in the next scene says, the property line is secure. I went, wait a minute, (laughs) they're not talking about tenants, they're talking about a border.
1: (laughs) That's where Donald Trump wants to build a fence, a border.
2: So I was like, oh my gosh, well the problem was by this point, I'm like 30,000 words into this story and convince and keep waiting for these borders of this place that's not a bed and breakfast to turn up. (laughs) And so... Now that I'm aware that they're talking about the property line, the borders of their property, I can't let it go. <laughs> I was like – I'm in my head, I'm like, okay, mental adjustment when he says – because they're having this, I guess, issue. And so I never had clued in. There's this major stressor apparently in the story about people encroaching on their territory. But I had completely missed it because all the prompts to check the borders were something I was completely misinterpreting. <laughs> So I've got like 15,000 words of the story left, and I still I have to keep reminding myself there are no borders. There are no borders. And I was so literal about it that I missed the subtle clues in the story that they were talking about the property
1: line.
2: <laughs> it was just terrible. I was like, oh, thankfully most hominem confusion doesn't take me 35,000 words to figure out.
0: I'm going to confess something. Until recently I have been using the wrong navel my whole life. I have only used one navel. Whether I'm talking about the orange? noun well I'm talking about the noun or the adjective. I've only been using N A V A L. It's terrible my whole life. Oh my. I'm like, oh wait. There oh, Oh God! And you know how many times I've done it? Oh God, I, probably thousands! I've probably done it thousands of times i have not I don't think I've ever used the word in a v e l in a single story, and I'm like, are you fucking serious? And
2: <sighs> <laughs> i am um, there was a, a I posted this little mental floss link about twenty um word usage mistakes. And there was one on there that I've been making my entire life, which was pour over versus pour over. The rest of them I don't have a problem with. But I've always spelled it P-O-U-R, pour over, like I'm going to pour over those documents. And I'm reading Um, this article, and I I went, I've been getting it wrong.
0: I thought it was P-O-U-R, too. It's not? No, it's P-O-R-E.
2: And they say in the thing they say when you study a document carefully, you p o r e over it, almost as if you were expecting its tiny pores. If you were to pour p o u r something over it, like juice or coffee, that would make it much harder to read.
0: They're such smartasses, assholes.
1: Let's see. I have just... a
0: cousin who always says you have another thing coming, and I can't help but correct him. No, you have another think coming (laughs) i can't help myself every time so it's become like this thing between us he'll say thing i'll say think (laughs) without the rest of it you know they're both correct no they're not i'm sorry but they are think i will say
2: think think predates thing so
0: you're more right than he is (laughs) he's wrong he's he he was born wrong he's he'll live wrong and he will die wrong think. (laughs) Now, here's something I used to do. It was really embarrassing when when it was pointed out to me. I used to T-O-W the line.
2: (laughs) And to which I would say, toe it where?
0: (laughs) I know, right? Put your toe up to the line and quit trying to take off with it. I used to T-O-W the line. And I was like, oh, God, that's wrong. That's so wrong. And I figured it out on my own. So I felt really good about that, that I figured it out on my own. That I was doing that. But, yeah, um, I do it a lot. Not anymore. I I did it a lot. On accident. (laughs) That's That's more of a regional dialect thing, on accident or by accident. Um of course, on accident is wrong um but I think that's more of a dialect issue than that's something that you would do um in dialogue if you had a character who um well especially in in the rural south uh that that is a that is a phrase that i would use for them and like i would put the in front of walmart when it really absolutely does not belong there's not one walmart so it's not the walmart it's a walmart but when it comes to dialogue these are the kind of quirks you give your characters to um like like, like i said earlier about listening to people talk it's about three dimensional um building you know character building it's just you know those little it's th- quirks it's sort of like all of a
2: sudden and all of a sudden. Um, they're very regional as to which one, so neither is actually right or wrong. And I've seen long-ass debates in forums about which one's correct, and grammarists cannot agree about which one predates the other, all of a sudden, all of a sudden. So I just, it, sometimes, all of a sudden is one the one I use, so most of my characters will use all of a sudden. But I will have if no more than one character in a story use all of a sudden just to have some sort of regional Difference in the way they speak.
0: Now, see, I'm more likely to say suddenly, I love me some adverbs. I do love
2: me some adverbs,
0: too. <laughs> but we didn't agree love with Stephen King adverbs. on this point. <laughs> yeah, Stephen King says adverbs are a terrible blight, 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 a terrible blight on our society. Uh, that's not actually his wording, but he does not approve of adverbs. I love a fucking adverb. I don't care. I want to know how you said that. I want to know if
2: it was angrily, if it was or softly, peckily, softly. I, use a sharply. fucking adverb. And to those people who say that you should never use
0: any dialogue tag but said or asked,
2: I'm double, double birding bird. you
0: right now. I'm double birding you too because I was listening to um, an Arthur C. Clarke. I was not listening to it. My husband was listening to an Arthur C. Clarke ebook, and he is a he is one of those said, ask people. Um, and it was just... It was so fucking repetitive. That it was driving me insane. It was literally driving me insane. TMTRX says, yeah, and yeah. Now, I say the first one, yeah, and the second one, yeah, yay. Yeah, me too. Yay. Um, well, yeah, a lot of people um, use yeah, Y-E-A-H, which is the...
2: Now, Y E A people will use like Y E A for yay excitement, but that's not what it is. It means yes. So it's you know it's pronounced the same, different. But Y E A H is an informal way of saying yes, and it is not to be used to express elation.
0: Sometimes I use it to express anger, like oh yeah.
2: Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's totally different. That's sort of like, right.
0: (laughs) And then a face. You have to to do the face. Oh, yeah? Or,
2: wow. Or,
0: wow. (laughs) It's all about tone, right? Mm -hmm. Hers is sarcastic, where mine was, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. Seriously? And then there's, wow which is i can't fucking believe you just did that
2: <laughs> so in chat when we, we're chatting sometimes um kira and i can both sometimes be a little fussy about punctuation so when we're using um, um acronyms I for know. shit <sighs> I just put up there for you guys, oh, for fuck's sake, seriously, and here it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There should be a fucking comma there, okay? I know. There should be a comma there. There should be a a comma comma there.
2: I know, right. You know, gotta punctuate those acronyms.
0: (laughs) It drives me crazy. It drives me literally crazy. I, I fucking hate it. It is, oh. There should be a fucking comma there, okay? I don't know why particularly that one bothers me so much, but it does. Especially since there's so much emphasis on the right part. It's like, I know, right? So it...
2: Well, it's it's technically an independent clause, so it needs a comma.
0: <laughs> but you could also say, I know right and wrong. How would mm-hmm. you do that? Um, which would not require a comma, but um, wouldn't be particularly a great sentence either. But I know comma right. That That's just because the right is emphasis, and um, you need a fucking comma.
2: Hyphens are also important, because you use, when you construct, when you're creating a compound adverb, it should be hyphenated, right? So... This is uh, a friend of mine who works with this guy who he called, um, every, for some reason, everybody's calling this poor guy a lazy-ass bitch. And what they were saying was lazy, L-A-Z-Y, dash, ass, bitch. So lazy-ass, modifying, bitch. What he was hearing was you lazy-ass bitch.
1: <laughs> so...
2: He one day says, I can't figure out why they keep calling me ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Which my friend says, they're not calling you ass bitch. They're calling you lazy. They're calling you a lazy ass. ass and he bitch. says, well, that really bothers me. <laughs> he says, what, them calling you ass bitch wasn't a problem? But them <laughs> calling you a lazy ass
0: is? He says, well, I thought the other was kind of affectionate. <laughs> Now, not so much.
2: No. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <sighs> Hyphens are important.
1: Mm-mm-mm.
2: I'm out of lemonade. I just had a moment.
0: <laughs> I, just switched, I just have to switch to water. <laughs> I'm currently um, sucking on ice at this point, too, so... Uh, <sighs> harsh over here um that's my first world problems but um no it, you know it's just um i don't know language language is very especially english and i i feel
2: any i feel for anybody who english is not their first language trying to make it in fandom because english makes no sense it is for
0: every rule there's like 20 exceptions I have to go do a sleep clinic at the end of the month. I
2: never sleep during those. I don't know why they call it a sleep clinic. It's
0: more like a stay awake and be tortured all night clinic. That's my question. If I don't go to sleep, then how can they... Because they want to test me for for sleep apnea. But if I don't actually go to sleep, how are they going to test me for anything? Because I have insomnia. I'll be up half the fucking night.
2: So when I did mine, I've done two. Um, One of mine I didn't sleep at all. It was useless. The other one, I nodded off for a while. They said I got about 45 minutes combined sleep for the nine hours I was there. And they said that 45 minutes was sufficient to diagnose me with at least moderate sleep apnea.
0: Do you have a CPAP machine?
2: I do. Um, And sometimes I'm good with it. Sometimes I'm good with it. Um, And I'll use it fine. And then I have to take a break from it because I can tell that something subconsciously I'm getting frustrated with it at night because I'll wake up and not able to find the mask. I, I don't mean I took it off and, like, threw it away or something. I mean, I can't find it. So, like, in my sleep, I have eventually gone and hidden this mask.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have found it in the closet. I have found it you in the refrigerator. Issues.
1: I have found it it in the bathroom
2: bathroom cabinet. I have found it tucked away in my panty drawer. I mean, I have found it. I found it in the dirty clothes. I mean, it's just it's like the days I wake up without it. I'm like, well, here goes
0: the CPAP mask scavenger hunt. Well, I was filling out the questionnaire today, and it asked me if I snored, and so I had to put yes because my husband tells me I do. And then it had a question beneath below it. It says, "How does your family describe your snoring?"
1: And but I you I have right to right that because
0: my husband is such an asshole. Because he said, "Kind of like a little mouse." I said, "I snore like a little mouse," and he was like, "Yeah." like a little mouse. So I wrote it down on paper work. My husband says I snore like a little mouse. Slightly better than him telling you that you were like a brain goose. Or a drunk trucker. (laughs) 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 Which is how he used to snore. He's giving me back. But he had to go on a CPAP. um, And, um... Because uh, it was either that or get separate bedrooms because I I was ready to kill him. Because here's the thing about people, about sleeping with someone who snores. There's a point in your inability to get to sleep that you start taking it really personally. Like they're doing it on purpose just to keep you up. It starts to feel really super personal. And you just want to hit them. And I did once. I I'm terrible. I admitted to him that I did it the next day. He was snoring, and it was so loud, and I punched him in the shoulder. And they pretended like I was asleep, but he woke up. Babe, <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you okay? The next day, he says, my arm is hurting. I don't know why. I said, I'm sorry I hit you. <laughs> I couldn't sleep, and you were snoring, and it was terrible. I thought it was never going to end, and you wouldn't turn over. <laughs> He wouldn't turn over on his side, so he would stop snoring, and it was killing me. It was killing me. So that's when he signed up for his sleep clinic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like, you have to get help. You have to. I wish they had to. It's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's I mean, terrible. <sighs> my great-grandma, she well, she and my great-grandfather, they split bedrooms really early in their marriage because of her snoring. And she started sleeping in the living room. She had a bedroom of her own, but she never slept in the bedroom. I I guess she liked sleeping in her Lazy Boy better than she liked sleeping in the bed. So whenever I'd visit them, and sometimes I'd stay with them for six or seven months, I would sleep in her bedroom. I had to sleep with earplugs. There are two closed doors between me and my grandmother. (laughs) Wow. Where she'd sleep in the living room, and she would keep me up if I didn't have earplugs in. I mean, that woman was like a foghorn. It was just, I don't and she's a tiny woman. I don't know how that much noise came out of that woman's mouth, nose, lungs, whatever that's coming from. But it was just like, oh, grandma.
0: It was heinous, it, right? This it feels is terrible. so personal. It feels really personal, like um, they're doing it just to torture you. When you know that's not true, like, intellectually, you know that's not true, but emotionally, when you can't sleep, and, and like, you're really super exhausted, but you're sleeping next to somebody or laying next to somebody wide awake who sounds like two mating camels, (laughs) it It, it will be,
2: it does, it starts to feel like you're being attacked when you are. When you can't sleep, it's just when you get to the point you're so tired, you're just like, "Oh, someone could breathe on you wrong, and it would feel like a personal affront." It's like I need sleep, not you breathing, ruffling my hair. Stop it.
0: <laughs> I, <am putting laughs> I think about sleeping with a CPAP mask is that it does blow air out. So if my husband turns over on his side facing me, the, mach- the on the mask will blow cool air in my face. Was when you put a big old pillow that you just stick between you. That's what I I have to turn over.
2: Big old the modern bundling board.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or somehow I just poke him, or I'll flick his ear till he turns over. I I'm not ashamed. He could sleep through a fucking tornado. Okay, he he's ridiculous. It's really annoying. My husband's also one of those terrible assholes who will lay down and go to sleep immediately. Within three to four minutes of his head hitting a pillow, he is unconscious. Like a fucking light switch. It is disgusting. It is literally the worst thing my husband does. Which is why I gave that trait to uh, to Hermione, because it's just, it's, oh, I had to give it to somebody. It just seems like that's something that she would do, like, she would just shut off, you know, because that's what what he does, he just shuts off. Then he wakes up and gets up. Oh. Which actually almost could be worse. Wake up, out. I'm like, what? (laughs) even... I can't handle it. I can't handle it. <laughs> He's just so abnormal. Is that how you're supposed to sleep? Cause that's not how I do it. <laughs> I'm like in the bed and I lay at the ceiling for 45 minutes. um, stare at the ceiling and then you know I go to sleep and I wake up and I go pee and I go back to sleep and I go pee again. I get back up, obviously. Um, I go back to sleep and then you know my alarm goes off and I hit snooze four times. <laughs> yeah.
2: You're you know listen to music um that's
0: normal right
2: <laughs> yeah that's normal in my room so i have to tell you i had i had the most bizarre cause this is one of those times when like n- n- all my doctors in my life failed me i had severe severe sleep dysfunction um, like they were giving me the medication to give narcoleptics because I was sleeping uh-huh. so little that they were giving me the medication to give narcoleptics to hope that it would give me enough energy to get through the day that I would actually tire myself out and get to sleep. I mean, they tried so many bizarre experiments to get me to sleep that it was just it was like this one drug after another one, and and that's why I get really pissed off when people talk to me about sleep hygiene because I was like, you know, shut up, motherfucker! Fuck you Been in there, your eyeball, done that. But so. I started having these sleep problems when I was a teenager. And sometimes it would kind of ebb and flow, you know, and I could never quite figure out the pattern about why it would, sometimes it would get better and sometimes I'd be sleeping an hour and a half a night and then um, sometimes less. Sometimes I would go three or four days without any sleep and then I would crash and twice this put me in the hospital.
0: So um, I am looking I went, in a mirror, actually. I had the same problem, but I know what mine was. We, it may be the same thing.
2: But So I had um, severe allergies. All growing up, and when I was in my teens, um, they start giving me antihistamines, which is weird that they spent took that long to start giving me antihistamines for my allergies. And the antihistamine I tolerated the best was Benadryl. And so they say, well, you tolerate it really well. Just take as much as you need. Stuff's really safe. It's not going to interfere with your medications. Just take what you need of it. So, as, especially during allergy season, I'm taking a fuck ton of this stuff, right? And, and people are like, oh, it'll help you sleep. Just take a little a couple extra before bed never helped me to sleep.
0: Oh, no, so, that shit will knock me out. But then i get a hangover the next day. It's, it's not cool. So I was sometimes,
2: in allergy season, the most I would take, and I would take at least 12 a day on an average day, every day of Are the Are you year. fucking kidding would, me? No. I'm taking 12 Benadryl a day on an average day, and on a bad allergy day, I would take 20 to 24.
0: I would sleep 48 hours if I took 12 Benadryl. <laughs> One knocked me out for eight Oh, my God,
2: Jillian. So I've taken all of this Benadryl, just a ton of it, my whole life, 20 years. I'm doing, more than 20 years I'm doing this. And one day I'm reading this thing about how um, antihistamines interfere with, um, they interfere with the, basically the signal processing between the, 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 the gut and the brain. And you never really you don't have that sense if you take people who take a lot of antihistamines, don't, a lot of them will not have that sense of ever being satisfied when they eat, and then a lot of people who take you know antihistamines chronically when they drop them will start losing weight. I need to drop a few pounds side so of that I'm going to try to find other ways of dealing with my allergies and take the Benadryl. so i I stopped at cold turkey because I thought no problem, right? I'm just going to stop it. I didn't make the connection between the Benadryl and the coma I went into for about, I don't know, a week or two. Actually, I didn't make the connection. I was a doctor, so I can't stay awake. I have been sleeping, 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 sleeping. I'll sleep twenty hours a day. I can't wake up. I said, We're lucky I didn't like crash the car getting here. I, I I had it took me two hours to wake myself up enough to get here. I don't understand what's going on. So he starts backtracking, asking me, Well what have you changed? What have you changed? What did you change before and so I said, Well the only thing I changed is I stopped taking the Benadryl. He said, Well how much are you taking? I said, I Oh no, four or five hundred milligrams a day And he thought he said, You couldn't be taking that much. you mean forty or fifty milligrams? I said, No, you know like Twelve, fifteen, twenty capsules a day.
0: I'm over here like my, my mouth is hanging open. I don't know how you live to be the age you are. That's <laughs>
2: ridiculous. So, well, he said. Did, he said, did nobody ever tell you you shouldn't take that much? So, well, a doctor said it's safe. Everybody said it's safe. He said, did anybody have any idea how much you were taking? I was like, well, they said take what you need to control your allergies, and I did. I've got really bad allergies, man. He said. He said. And that doesn't make you sleepy. I said, no, I never sleep. You know that. He said about 25% of the population responds to Benadryl like it was an amphetamine. He said, now, in, <sighs> Holy small doses, shit. He says, in small doses, that's not a problem because it's not a strong amphetamine effect for them. It just perks them up slightly. But if anybody can take two Benadryl and not feel at all sleepy, they have this idiosyncratic effect where it makes them a little... He said, but the amount you're taking it kept you in a perpetual agitated state. He said, So what happened is you stopped at cold turkey and you crashed. You're going through serious drug withdrawal and you're gonna sleep for the next four to six weeks. I went Wow Whoa, dude. <laughs> and I did. I he said, you'll start he'll start getting better. Well but at least you didn't just get, get like the,
0: sleep. the withdrawal symptoms that real addicts get.
2: No, all I got was just, like, sleep, 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 sleep. It was terrible. And eventually I started coming out of it, and I started getting back to it. But now I sleep about, I don't know, three to five hours a night. So I still have something up with my sleep, but at least I do sleep almost every night. So way better than the weirdo thing. out. Because I was basically, you know, for t- more than 20 years, I was, you know, basically could might have been well than popping speed. Yeah. Holy shit.
0: Oh, God, that's terrible. Mine is actually hormone-related. Um, hormone um, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, and um, for a while there, um, I was uh, trying to get pregnant, so I would keep – I had a really strict schedule. I kept track of my cycle and ovulation, and I would notice um, – this was in my 20s um, – that near the end of my cycle, before I actually started menstruating – I wouldn't sleep. And I tracked it, and eventually I realized that my insomnia coincided with fertility. When I ovulate and until my period ends, I don't sleep. Maybe two to three hours a day. And the only time I've ever had a regular sleep schedule was when I was taking Deprovera.
2: Wow. So do they know which hormone is involved in this?
0: No. I just don't sleep when I'm fertile. When I've ovulated.
2: (laughs) Man, that sucks. Because I know with my sleep thing over the years, they tried looking. because It started mimicking. um, Because you sleep so little, it starts mimicking lots of different illnesses.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And for a while, they, you know, and I, I'm actually sure that PMDD was what was going on, um, but they tried treating it with hormones and said, okay, this might make you um, sleep a little better. Well, as soon as I just had a complete crying breakdown, they put that patch on me, that estrogen patch.
0: Yeah, I had that once too.
2: And I was just sobbing. Like, I was like, uh-uh. I don't cry. And like, somebody would look at me and I'd be like, you're oh, I can't deal. And then I called the doctor. She's like, take that thing off. <laughs>
0: The problem is not estrogen. (laughs) I, um, I, uh, no, I, um, I, but when I'm, when I'm ovulating from the moment, uh, basically from the day I ovulate until my period is finished, I sleep two to three hours a day. Um, I do have PMDD and, um, I take, I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you a funny story about that. I take, Um. what's it called? What's it called? It's, it's, got, it's got a, there's a, that's an off brand. That's the generic name for it. Let me, I'm digging through my prescriptions here. That's terrible. I got so many fucking bottles. Um, generic for Lexapro. I take Lexapro mm. for um, my PMDD. So I went to see, um, I got a new hematologist because my other hematologist got poached by Johns Hopkins. And I appreciate that my, she, my hematologist was really fucking awesome that she got poached by Johns Hopkins. But they took my hematologist away from me. <laughs> and then I got this dude. He's nice. Um, so I go into his office, and this is the only male doctor I have. The only one. My um, surgeon, my dentist. My general practitioner, my OBGYN, my gastrologist, they're all female. And my rheumatologist is also a woman because um, I don't do well with male doctors. And so he gets my chart and um, he sees all these names. He comes in. He said, I have a couple of questions. I was like, okay. Um, as he said, your medical records does not list depression, um, but you take uh, Lexapro. And I said, so that's why I won't kill people. And I said, if you will scroll down a little bit more, you'll see that I have PMDD and PCOS. And without Lexapro, I'm homicidal. I said, it might not say that, but that's, but that's what that means. <laughs> and he thought I was kidding. I'm not kidding. PMDD, there there came a point with my PMDD that I got so angry I had to lock myself in the bathroom until I fell asleep because my husband made me so angry I could have knocked his head off literally knocked his head off um and he didn't even really do anything more than he normally does he's just being a man right and I, I, I go to my doctor the next day I didn't have an appointment I walk in I didn't even call I walked in I said I need to see the doctor today and she was like um do you have an appointment and I'm like no. And she said, why well, didn't see you on the appointment schedule? I was like, look, last night, I got so angry with my husband that I almost, I considered um, harming him physically. So I need to see the doctor today. And ten minutes later, I was in the doctor's office. <laughs> she got me in there. And I said, I don't know what it was. And so they they did all these tests. And I had Three times as much testosterone as I was supposed to have in my body, and this is 13 hours after the episode. Holy crap! And I had three, and, and that's what PCOS does to you. It throws a lot of testosterone into your body. That, that in fact, that's what PMS is. It's an it, your your body is producing more testosterone, which is why you get really hostile during your period. If you're one of those women who does get very hostile, it's your reaction to testosterone. And if you think about that it must suck to be a dude. Cause that's all they got. <laughs> I mean, how do they deal with that? I don't understand <laughs> because, whew. and it was so out of my control and I was so scared. I was so worried. And, um, so, um, cause I, you know, then she referred me to a psychologist <laughs> Which good for her. She was. She sh- that's exactly what she should have done. And they, and they put me on the Lexapro, and it calmed me down. And um, I still got an ADD problem. That's just how I am naturally. But I've not had another episode like that. Um, and it was just. Um, it was really scary to be that angry. So I told um, my new doctor um, that, you know, the Lexapro was for my PMDD, and explained that um, I get extremely hostile if I don't take it. And he said, okay. He goes, now I have one more question. I said, okay. He goes, I'm, I'm kind of afraid to ask it. I said, don't worry. I took my lecture for today. <laughs> and he said, why are all your doctors female? I said, because I had a general practitioner who ignored the fact that I had PCOS until it rendered me infertile, and it was a man who every time I talked about my symptoms told me I needed to lose weight and to stop overeating when I was existing on a 1,000 calories a day. And he called me a liar. I said, now my ovaries are covered in cysts and I can't have kids. And he said, wow, okay. He said, you eat more than a 1,000 calories a Today, right? <laughs> I said not today because today isn't over. But I it between fourteen and fifteen hundred. Um. He said, "Okay, okay." <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, and um, male doctors. It was life so terrible with women. It, it was th- life ruining, and I was yeah, I was too young to stand up for myself, and it was life ruining. In a way, I mean, I've I've come, I'm I'm at peace with the fact that I can't have children. I I've accepted that, Um, but it didn't have to be this way, and it's his fault, because if there was stuff they could have done then, and the cure for PCOS is actually having a baby, the best way to reset your system to get get the PCOS under control is to have a baby, which you can't do when PCOS is full-blown. My chances of getting pregnant are less than
2: 1%. So if he had taken you seriously and you'd had, you'd had a baby and your PCS, PCOS probably would have gotten better and you wouldn't have had a lot of the lifetime struggles you have, and, you know, that guy just, oh. Right? Doctors who treat women like they're just nothing but hysterical with every health problem they have. I just It just makes me so angry.
0: The only time I've ever other encountered that is, um, I get migraines and, um, it's not very often that I get one that require I go to the hospital, um, maybe like once every couple of years in the last what, time before, like the first, or the second time I had to go, I encountered a man who had never met me before. Now when I go to the emergency room, I get started this asshole guy who we get along great. He's an asshole. I'm a bitch. It's, it works out. Um, he also stepped my foot when I when it got broke. First um, tall guy, total asshole. Um, anyways, my second migraine, huge one. Um, I didn't take the Imetrex in time. Yeah, I've had three or four since Lady Haller that So that been what eight years, six, eight, eight years. Yeah, so, so, so I've had three or four major go to the hospital migraines in the eight years. Um, but this was, uh, I was, I was. I just met my husband, um, and now I just moved in with my husband. Um, So this was late, late 90s. Um, I go into the emergency room, and um, at that point, my hair hurt. Everything fucking hurt. It hurt to breathe. My skin hurt. My scalp, my skull hurt. It's just, it was unbelievable how much pain I was in. And um, they get me through triage, and I throw up twice during triage because I'm in so much pain I'm throwing up. Uh, they get me back into the, and the doctor comes in, and um, he says, "Well, you know, I don't like to really give narcotics out to young people because you know." don't know for sure that you're, um, so we're just going to give you some Tylenol and have you ever seen the exorcist? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Cause I sat up in that bed so quickly. I said, you listen to me, you little motherfucker. I said, I am. I said, Oh, get out and send in a real goddamn doctor. If you don't take me fucking seriously, I said, get out. And he did. He, he got out. And then a woman came in and she was like, are you okay? I said, don't let that rat bastard anywhere near me. I'm going to die. It hurts so bad. And it, it hurts so bad. And, um, I was so sensitive to light at that point. They had to put me in a pitch dark room. Um, she did get me some morphine, um, my blood pressure was through the roof because I was in so much pain that my blood pressure skyrocketed. Uh, my pulse was over 100, and I was laying down. That's how your body responds to pain. My mm-hmm. heart was thundering in my chest, and um, she ended up giving me a sedative because I was in so much pain. and because um, She thought I was going to blow. Because my blood pressure was like 300 over 180. I mean, I don't remember. But it was stupid high. It was like three times what it was supposed to be. And they were afraid I was going to blow. And he was just like going to give me fucking Tylenol. I had to get a fucking
2: head x-ray. I hate it when doctors are assholes like that. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. I threw a bottle of pain medication at a doctor in an ER once. Um, I'd gotten a stomach bug. I take, some, I take opiates for my back, and mm-hmm. I got a stomach bug, and I was, like, vomiting for days. Like, I could keep nothing down. Well, it gets to the point that I think it was, like, three days before since I had been able to keep really, I'd been able to keep a little bit of water down. I was getting massively dehydrated. I was running a fever, probably from the dehydration, not the stomach bug, because I couldn't keep anything down. And, of course, I can't take my pain medication, so I start going through drug withdrawal. So even though the stomach bug was probably getting better, now I've got withdrawal-related vomiting going on. So I can't keep my pain medication down. So I have no idea what's going on at this point. My doctor sends me to the emergency room, and they treat me like I'm there for drug-seeking behavior. And I explained the whole situation, and the doctor acted like I was there trying to get narcotics off of them. I had just filled my pain medication. So I reach into my bag and I grabbed my bottle of Delauded and I chucked it at him. And I said, I have a hundred and eighty eight milligram delauded, asshole. I don't need to seek drugs here. I need to stop vomiting. And he's like Maybe I should get you a different doctor. I said, Maybe you
0: should <laughs> Cocksucker. <laughs> that that was implied. <laughs> The, the cocksucker was totally applied <laughs> but no um i you know um my uh nephew um got sick in school and he was um vomiting and he was in pain and um my sister takes him to the emergency room because he's running a fever and he's got some chills and she thinks maybe he has food poisoning and she doesn't really know and um Doctor comes in and you know, he's fifteen and um, looks at my sister like he's bored and he goes, "Don't you just think he's just trying to cut school?" My nephew turned and threw up all over him. <laughs> Good for him. Some,
2: some. There's just sometimes. There's, there's very, It's rare. If you believe in karma, it's rare that karma is that immediate. jeep commented that um they had serotonin syndrome and the er doctor sent him to the psych ward who evaluated him and rightly sent him right back to the er i mean that's dangerous shit because serotonin syndrome can kill you and to send somebody off to the to the to the psych ward with that is just inexcusable i mean that is just inexcusable I don't know if Kira put us on mute. Uh, can anybody, Can you guys still hearing me? Okay. Well, Kira, I don't hear you. Ah, Kira disappeared. Anyway, any of you guys who have ever had these experiences, in the, especially asperger emergency rooms are the absolute worst. They are the absolute worst. Um, serotonin syndrome is a... Um, Give you the actual technical definition. Um, it's when there's too much serotonin in the symptom, In the in the system, um, it can cause your body temperature to go up. You can get agitated, um, tremors, sweating. Um, it's just like your whole body can go kind of wackadoodle. And if they don't treat it, it can actually kill you. Um, and it can lead to some other problems. Um, like I said, it says on the Mayo Clinic website, severe serotonin syndrome can be fatal if it's not treated. Uh, and there's a few things that can cause serotonin syndrome, but um, it's just a terrible, terrible thing to have to deal with. And the kind of the kind of problems that it causes, the tremors, um, the sleeplessness, that kind of thing, they, they often do attribute that kind of stuff um, to psychiatric. I mean, it's one of the things that I find the most agitating in the world. When you go to the doctor and they say, circle your symptoms, and insomnia is listed under a psychiatric symptom. I mean, we don't treat mental health as seriously as we should, but some things classifying, you know, some things as mental health, what happens is that aren't mental health means that they don't get treated the way they're supposed to. And people who need um, physical intervention are often shunted off to um, talk to the psychiatrist, And bad things happen. So we need more mental health care. We just don't need mental health care for things that aren't emotional and mental. And serotonin syndrome is not um, a psychiatric disorder, although it can be caused by taking psychiatric meds. So um, any of you out there have dealt with – I mentioned this on another podcast, but the reason that um, when I had my traumatic brain injury a couple years ago – they treated me as a drug overdose, not as not as a head injury in the hospital. I was so out of it the whole time I was there because I had a severe concussion. Um, I actually had a depression in my skull. And um, they um, had seen a bottle of pain medication when they picked me up because I was unconscious when the paramedics arrived. And they assumed I had overdosed. And so they gave me whatever they give people who've overdosed and I was very confused and in a lot of pain when they got me to the hospital, and I never got over being confused. And they asked me if I hit my head, but I never could articulate an answer because I didn't know because I was too confused. So they um, um, basically shipped me home after four hours and said, you know, when the, when, when the drugs wear off, she'll be fine. And it wasn't until the next day that I woke up a little bit more clear-headed and had stopped vomiting and wasn't so confused. And I had, aside from the depression in my skull, I had a knot that was easily the size of my hand. I mean, it covered the whole top of my head. And so I went to the doctor, um, and I still had concussion symptoms at that point. And I was just, I was enraged, enraged that they treated me in the hospital like I was a drug overdose and basically just stuck me in a dark room and didn't treat me because I had brought that shit on myself, in their opinion. Wow. And men don't deal with this shit in the hospital, and that's the truth.
0: Maybe I have a little bit of bias, but I would just... I'll tell you this. I get better care because of my husband. Mm Mm-hmm because he he has an excellent resting bitch face and if he doesn't like what's going on everybody around him knows it and he i just it's it's always better when he, when when he's with me if i'm in an emergency room if if i have a problem um it's just it's it's always better with the doctor and that's bullshit i shouldn't have to have my husband um glaring at myself like some over militant bulldog <laughs> so that I get decent um, health care.
2: It's just, it's ridiculous. My After the head injury, my brother um, took me back to the hospital. Um, and I, again, the guy there, they took it seriously because I couldn't breathe. It was like two or three days later and I had been having increasingly difficult time breathing and I was still having major concussion problems, so I had no clue what was going on, why I was having this hard time breathing. But I go in, they, they treat me, they said, yeah, she's definitely got, my, my O2 sat was like at 79. And they're like, yeah, she's been having some problems, we'll, we'll see if she's got a pulmonary embolism. I came, came back negative for the pulmonary embolism. And um, the doctor says, well, you know, she probably needs to lose a few pounds. And he would not listen to me. The doctor would not listen to me that this problem was new. But my brother looks at and goes, you know something? She could breathe before she hit her head. Why can't she breathe now? And it turns out those drugs that they had treated me with um, for the drug overdose that didn't happen had caused me to retain massive amounts of fluid, and it was putting pressure on my lungs and my heart. Well, that
0: happens with um, some pain medications that can... So I nearly died from that. Fuckers.
2: Before they got that sorted out. But, you know, I just, oh, I hate I hate dealing with emergency rooms. I hate dealing with new-to-male doctors. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Oh, that whole experience was just...
0: But my new hematologist <laughs> is awesome, despite the fact that he has a penis. Um, he's very funny. He pays attention to me when I talk. And, um, um, he, and that's um, one of those times about- when you're like... Can you go teach all the other people? (laughs) And for you, it's
2: like normally I like them because of the cock. And in your case, you're a doctor, and I
0: like you in spite of it. So congratulations. (laughs) Because he asked me at the end of the visit, he says, you know, we have a new rheumatologist on staff who's a woman. Do you want me to transfer transfer you to her? And I was like, no, you'll do. And I'm looking at him out of the corner of my eye, and he was like, that sounds like high praise. I said it was. I said I'll let you know if you stop doing. I'm not sure if you were having a, a Gibbs moment or a Babe moment.
2: <laughs>
0: That'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> it's really annoying. You know, it's 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 it's. it's, it's Really, super, super annoying. You know, we're down to a minute, and um, like I said, I want to thank everybody who offered me their condolences on Friday. I uh, super appreciated it, even if I had to stop looking at the thread because it was really, really upsetting me. Not your fault. I just, I, I could not. I, I just literally could not handle it. I just, I just couldn't. Um, it was overwhelming. Um, I had an asthma attack. Um, I just, I just could not. I always thought that I would be with him his last moments, and I wasn't and um that's just really that that that's the part that really bothers me is that he died without me um he that he died at all is terrible, but he died without me, and um there to comfort him and it' just it's 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 very selfish, but that's just the way it is um you guys that's terribly a great- unfair. It is terribly unfair. Um, you guys have a great evening, and I'll probably see you tomorrow. Bye. So good night. Good night. Good night.